0: Whatever you plant and bury will come out. Whatever you plant and then whatever you bury, it will come out in time. And this very thought came to me through my seven-year-old spitting out cherry seeds. The other day, my son asked, Hey, Mom, if I spit out these cherry seeds... And on the dirt, will it come out as a cherry tree? I'm like, well, no, buddy. It's not going to come out as a cherry tree because you didn't bury it. You only get a cherry tree if you dig a hole in the ground, you plant the seed, you water it, you give it some time, and then you bury it over the, with the dirt over on top. Then it takes its root and then the cherry tree will come out. But you can't get a cherry tree just by spitting out the seed onto the dirt. And then I thought man isn 't that life where we have all these things in our life that maybe we throw out? We have all these seeds right we have we 're a mom we 're a business owner we 're a wife' we're, we have all these hats, we have all these seeds that we kind of throw out in life, but we also have those things that we have hidden, those things that we bury, those things in our mind that we really hope that no one knows, and I know this so much through our muscle and mindset program. Because one of the things that we have the women do in the first week is they've got to pull out the things that are holding them back. And I'm not talking about external things. I'm talking about things that are hidden in their mind, thoughts, things that they have hidden for years that some of them didn't even know existed. We have this assessment form that we have the ladies fill out. It's about, I don't know, over 30 questions. And it's hard. These questions make you dig. They make you dig to the things that you have buried for a long time. And most of those things come from when they were just a little kid. And they didn't know that they existed. They didn't know that those things were still there until the question brought up that emotion. Because, see, our, our our thoughts linger and stay and are more prominent in our life when there's an emotion attached to it. Think about it. When all the things that you have in your life, the things that you remember, you know, we've had all these birthdays, right? But the birthdays that you remember are the ones that, you know, maybe you had a surprise party or the birthday that, you know, your spouse took you on this amazing vacation, whatever that birthday is, you have these specific birthdays that you remember because it was more exciting. It was, it was something that was more special to you. There was an emotion attached to it. But those birthdays that you had where you didn't really do anything, there was nothing really special, you just kind of was like, yay, it's my birthday again, I made it another year, but then you didn't really do anything special, you don't really remember those birthdays. You could look back and go, hey, remember when you turned 23? No, not really. Hey, remember when you turned turn 21? Oh, yeah, I remember when we turned 21. I remember we did this and this and this and this, and it was crazy and blah, blah, blah right? Oh, remember when you turned 15? Nah, not really. Remember turning sixteen? Oh yeah, I got my driver's license. Right? There's an emotion, but when there's no emotion attached to it, the memory doesn't really stay. Doesn't really doesn't really linger in your mind. Okay, so let's go hard. Those hard times in your life, those really hard places in your life, those things that are buried that you really don't want anybody to know. You know those things that you don't post on social media you try to keep hidden. Maybe you were sexually abused. We have a lot of those in our program. Maybe someone called you fat growing up and you attach that emotion and you have let that linger and you have made that your identity for years. Maybe you're now in your forties and that question pops up, were you ever bullied in school? And that buried emotion pops up and you're like, yeah, I was a kid in high school called me fat or a kid in middle school called me fat and i have and it and it hurt and that wound of those words have become my identity and i you know i i attached myself to that and that is why i'm overweight because i've attached myself to that and i never let it go in fact not only did i not let it go i let it become my identity And now that I have that question sitting here in my face, yeah, yeah, that's my identity. That's what I've attached myself to. That's the emotion that I have never let go of. It is buried and it is why I have produced who I am from this emotional attachment to a thought that somebody else said of me that I don't even remember that person's name. And for years, I have buried that emotion. I have never dealt with it. I have buried it deep, deep, deep in my mind. But because it was there, and because there's an emotion attachment to it, I've allowed that to become my identity. And therefore, I have produced that thought. Because whatever you have buried, it will come whether you like it or not you can produce a beautiful cherry tree or you can produce a tree that doesn't even create any fruit you could create a fruitless tree or you can create a beautiful life full of beautiful cherries that are sweet and delicious but that's on you because whatever you bury in good and whatever you bury in bad it will come forth want to share something else. Another thing that we tend to bury is worry. I listened to this podcast recently that my husband shared with me about. Um, it was Brene Brown, who if you've never heard of her, you've got to listen to her podcast. She's incredible. And she shared about the, the number one emotion that's actually really, really difficult for people to have is joy. Isn't that sad? That man, that's super sad. But as my husband and I began to talk about it, we started talking about the girls, the gals in our muscle and mindset program. And I said, you know, so many of them have a very difficult time with joy. And you know what I realized is that, and she kind of shared this in her podcast, but I want to share just from my personal experience of being a coach of thousands of women is in dealing with thousands of women. I, I know actually the pinpoint of Why they struggle with joy is because it's attached to their self-worth. They don't actually believe they are worthy of joy. So instead of receiving joy and instead of walking in the joy of life, they resort back to worry. They resort back to their, their life of feeling negative. They resort back to binge eating they resort back to putting junk in their bodies because they never truly addressed the fullness of joy in their mind that they are worthy of living a joyful life. For me, I'm a Christian and I love God. And for me, I don't see when I look in the mirror, I, Natalie Flowers, I am not worthy But because of who I am, and because I believe that I am God's daughter, in Him I am worthy. I'm not worthy on my own. I make mistakes all the time. All the time. I make mistakes all the time. But I'm covered in His grace. And in God's grace and in who He is, I am worthy. Because in who He is, and because... I believe in him and his worth, therefore I am worthy and I deserve and believe that I can walk in the fullness of joy in him because he has blessed my life and I do the things that he has called me to do. Therefore, my life is full of joy because my life is full of God. And that's the difference. That's the difference. If we go out and try to seek our own worth on our own, that's hard. Because we're going to make mistakes. We're going to continue to make mistakes. We're not perfect. We all fall. We all have those days where we're just not great. And if you judge yourself based on your actions and based on trying to be perfect, you will never receive joy. Because you'll never be perfect. But I truly believe That when you believe in God, that when you believe in God and who he says you are, you can walk out a joyful life because of who he says you are. And in him, you are of worth. You have value. You have purpose. And you are created to do great things. And here's the thing. Great things don't mean that you need to be a Mother Teresa and feed the orphans of the world. Great things is doing the thing that God's called you to do, whether that is being a stay-at-home mom. Do it with with your absolute best that you know how, that you know how, and God's going to give you the grace for that. Maybe you're a business owner. Maybe you're a nurse, a doctor. Maybe you're a lawyer, a teacher. Whatever it is that you're called to do, do it great. You are worthy and you have value to do great things and the things that you are called to do. And you are allowed to be joyful in all things. And you should be joyful in all things. But let me go back to what I talked about with the thousands of gals I've I've coached is... They resort back to worry. They resort back to binge eating. They resort back to old habits. One is because in the mind, it's a hard thing to break because it's a thought, right? Going back to those thoughts that you have buried, those thoughts that you have buried, if you haven't dealt with those and replaced them with a new way of thinking, you're going to go back to old ways. But here's the thing. It's not just planting new thoughts. That's that's like... Halfway there. (laughs) Halfway there is planting new thoughts. It's taking action that makes the thought stick. Let's go back to the birthdays. If you thought about on your 16th birthday, if you had thought, put the thought there, okay, on my 16th birthday, I am going to go and get my driver's license. That's the thought. That's a great thought. And if you had just had that thought for your 16th birthday, looking back on the memory, would you go, wow, I had this amazing, great thought that I was going to get my driver's license on my 16th birthday. Oh, really? Did you do it? Oh, no, I didn't do it, but the thought was there. Okay, great. (laughs) You won't remember it because a thought doesn't stick unless there's action behind it. So on your 16th birthday, You have a thought of, I'm going to go out and get my driver's license on my 16th birthday because my mom and my dad got me this new car and I want to drive it on my 16th birthday. It's sitting in the garage. So you take action. You go to the DMV, the worst place on earth. (laughs) And you go and you get your driver's license. You come back and you drive that car out of the garage You roll the windows down, the wind's in your hair, and you are free at 16. It's your birthday, and you've got your driver's license, and you are rolling, and your wheels, and you're so excited. When you look back on that memory, do you remember it? Yes, of course you do. Why? Because the thought was there? No, because you took action on it. There's a memory created, and there's a motion attached to it, and now that thought sticks. Same thing. You can, all your might, you could change every thought that is bad in your mind. You could go and go, all right, I've got this negative thought. I think I'm fat. I'm going to change it to, I am fit and fierce and fabulous. Great. What are you going to do about it? Oh, well, I'm, I'm still just going to sit around and eat chips. Um, okay, so that doesn't work. The mind is a powerful thing. And if you don't take action on the new thought, you will go back. Two old ways, 100%. Because if you look in the mirror and you say, no, I am strong, I am brave, I am courageous, I follow through, I'm a finisher. I do what I say I'm gonna do. I'm a woman of integrity. When I say I'm gonna do something, I do it and I do it to the best of my ability. I'm a great mom. So you say all these amazing things, right? You change all these thoughts, which is what we have our gals do. In our program. But if you go downstairs and you eat a whole bowl of frosted flakes for breakfast and you slam uh, Starbucks coffee with all the whipped cream on top and then you're yelling at your kids, those actions actually. Are the thoughts that you used to have that you're trying to replace, that you think that you're a bad mom, that you're lazy, that you don't follow through, that you eat crappy food, all those thoughts that I'm fat, that person that bullied me said I'm fat, so therefore I'm going to eat all this stuff because it's true, I'm fat, I'm just going to be fat forever. And then you took action on it. You ate Frosted Flakes, you slammed the Starbucks coffee with the whipped cream on top and you yelled at your kids. So now you're a bad mom, you eat crappy food, all this stuff, right? So now, once again, those thoughts, those negative thoughts, they're dominant. Why? Because you took action on them. But here's the difference. If you speak over yourself and you change the thoughts, so now you've planted new thoughts. But the only way to get those new thoughts buried and to produce those new thoughts, is action. See, it's not just about planting those cherry seeds and burying them. You gotta water it every day. What are you renewing your mind in? Whatever you're renewing your mind in, whatever you are watering and putting sunlight on, that's what's gonna be produced. It's not just about being buried. It's about what you're planting every day. So if you have buried hard things, and you keep rehearsing those in your mind, that's why your life is produced the way it is. If you think that you're a bad mom, and every single day you're yelling at your kids, and you're losing your cool, and all these different things that you're doing with your kids, that's the product of what you've buried in your mind. Get it yet? That's the thoughts. So you're trying to change the behavior. That's not going to work. You got to do it first in your mind and in your mind change the behavior because whatever is buried, that is what is produced. But it comes from daily watering whatever you have buried. So what are you watering? What are you watering? Are you watering past past thoughts, past bullying? Are you watering past mistakes that maybe you have made? Are you watering a sexual maybe a um, something you know something happened to you sexually, maybe you were mistreated sexually, maybe there was a family member that sexually abused you, and you keep rehearsing that over and over in your mind, and maybe this is I'm just sharing some stories here from gals in our program, maybe you're punishing your husband for it. you never could punish the man that treated you horribly, so now you treat every other man in your life horribly because you can't punish the guy that did it to you. Therefore, every other guy that comes into your life, you punish them because it's buried. And that's what you're watering every day. You keep rehearsing it in your mind. And in your mind, what you have told yourself, the lie is every man is just like that. Every man will mistreat me. So instead of accepting love and accepting joy and accepting grace and accepting kindness, because you feel that you are worthy of it, you push everybody else aside. You push everybody else away. And you push every man that wants to love you and give you kindness and show you kindness and wrap you up in his grace. You push him, you push him away because you can't accept it because of what you buried and then what you rehearsed in your mind. And that's the product that you've produced. But what if, what if you decided, because it's your life, you get to choose it. What if instead you decided this is my life and I'm going to pick up the pen. I'm going to write a whole new fricking book. This is my life. And these are the thoughts that I choose to have. And these are the truths I choose to believe. I deserve joy. I deserve joy. Not because I am worthy on my own, but because God created me and he loves me and therefore I have worth in him. That's number one. Number two, I deserve, I deserve to live the life that I, that I choose to have. Not based on anybody else's opinion, not based on things that have happened to me. Those are circumstances, but they don't dictate the way that I feel, and they don't dictate the way I choose to think, and they don't dictate the way I choose to live today. Do not let yesterdays rob you of today and tomorrow. So many people are allowing yesterdays to rob them of the today and the tomorrow. How sad, right? How sad to keep living a future life of past crap. You don't get to experience the fullness of joy because you're allowing yesterday's to rob you of it. You're allowing yesterday's junk to rob you of the joy that you could experience right now. So you've got to deal with it. You've got to declare the things that you want to think, and then you've got to act on it. So this is like literally week one of our program. I have a whole system in our program, but I'm just giving you just some pieces right now, and I'm going to have you just do, at the very end of this, I'm going to share just one thing that you can start doing right now to start living that joyful life. Because I truly believe, just like Brene Brown said in her podcast, that the number one hardest emotion for people to experience is joy. And like I said, I believe it is attached to their worth. They don't truly believe they are worthy of it. So you've got to change the thoughts that you're thinking towards yourself. So you've got to declare who you are. You've got to declare those thoughts. But in order for those thoughts to take root and be buried and for you to produce what is buried... You've got to water it daily. And how you water it daily is by taking action on those new thoughts. So if you are telling yourself, these are the new truths, this is who I am, I'm a great mom, I'm a great wife, then you're going to walk that out every day. Because the moment that you go back to old ways, it is so hard. You've got to constantly, you're constantly in a tug of war in your mind and that's exhausting. Just declare who you are and follow through. Follow through. Yes, you're going to be changing your behavior, and people around you will notice and they're going to be like, Wait, whoa, like you're so positive. I've had so many gals in our program. The number one thing is before they even start losing weight, literally their friends are like, Your skin looks better. Did you do something different with your hair? You're like glowing, you're like so happy. What's this new program that you're doing? And they're only in week two. I haven't even given a meal, a meal plan yet. And they're like, I'm in this new program and I'm I'm actually like telling myself that I'm awesome. And you know what? I'm beginning to believe it. <laughs> and I had to dig out this junk that was holding me back and like toss it in the trash. Not physically, but like mentally, I've tossed all this crap that was holding me back. I tossed it in the trash and I started to replace it with these new thoughts. And you know what? I'm fit, fat, fearless, and awesome. And I'm beginning to believe it. In fact, I believe it so much. I walk downstairs and I tell my husband, I love him. I tell my kids, you're awesome. I'm giving them kisses before they walk out the door. I'm eating an oat pancake every morning that is delicious with smothered of natural almond butter. It's awesome. I feel freaking awesome. And their friends are like, I need this program because you sound awesome and you look awesome. And tell me about this because this is crazy. That's what happens when you change your thoughts and then you take action on it. But you have to take action on it daily. You know, there's that little rule that says, you know, to make a new habit, it takes 21 days. I think it's longer. Because see, 21 days, that's 21 days of consistency. That's 21 days in a row. But you know what I believe? I believe it is 60 days. I believe it takes a couple months for that habit to truly take root and be buried and then just be a natural response. So let me just talk about myself. So when I first started this mindset stuff, this was... A few years ago, I started to declare about my business, who I was going to be as a business owner and how much I was going to, you know, what I was going to do with my business. I started to declare these things. And at first, it was crazy. I mean, when I looked in the mirror and was like, Natalie, you're going to replace your husband's Harvard MBA income with this business opportunity that I was in. I mean, I, it's, I was like, Natalie, you're crazy. I mean, at first, I literally was like, Natalie, do you even hear the words that are coming out of your mouth? Like, that's, that's insane. Second day, Natalie, you you are, and I started to declare who I am, you will, not hope, not maybe, someday, uh-uh. I said, I will, Natalie, you will replace your husband's Harvard MBA income in two years. I always put a timeline on it because even if I don't hit the timeline, at least I have a target. If you're just aiming for the stars, I don't understand that people are like, when they tell me like, oh, I want to lose weight in like, you know, 10 years. What? Okay. So you're not going to have any urgency at all in your life to get your you-know-what together. <laughs> so always put a date. Always put a date. Because even if you don't hit the date, you know, there's that quote of like, you know, aim for, this, aim for the moon and, or shoot for the stars. At least you'll land on the moon, something like that. It's like, hey, aim for something because you're going to get at least closer to your target. And it's not, you don't have to get depressed if you don't hit it. You're way better off getting closer to your goal than you were if you never made one right? So I started to declare, this is in two years, you will. In two years, you will. And I did. And I did exactly what I said I was going to do. But it took me speaking it and then taking action on it. I had to take action on it. And taking action on it was daily activity of building my dream of doing what I said I was going to do. And you know what I also attach to myself? I'm a finisher and I follow through on my word. I'm a finisher and I follow through on my word. I began to speak that over myself. Because in my past, there were things that I would start and I wouldn't finish. Little things, stupid little things. But I knew that those, those took root. And I want to be a finisher in my life. Whatever I do, I want to be a finisher. If we do a hike, ask my family. Some of them are like, you know, sometimes my boys are like, can we just turn around? No, we finish what we start. We're getting to the top of this mountain and then we're going to hike down. But we finish what we start. I don't care if it gets hard. That's life. Life does get hard. But do you finish and do you follow through what you say you're going to do? So when it comes to you and your life, you've got to be a finisher and you've got to follow through you got to bury the things that you want and then you've got to take action on it. And taking action on it will produce what you want. That's the result. Taking action on the thought, right? Going back to the 16th birthday. It's not just the thought of getting a driver's license. It's actually going and getting the driver's license that creates the memory, that creates the emotion, that creates the root, which is the product of, hey, I'm super, you know, when I was 16, I, I want to talk about what I, this this memory and the memory is there. And it's this amazing memory, not because there was a thought, but because you took action on it. So what are you taking action on? Are you reliving the past every single day? Are you rehearsing in your mind, all the mistakes that you've made that you don't follow through that you're lazy? What are the things that you're speaking over? Look at the result of your life. The result of your life is what is the product of what you have buried in your mind. So you've got to dig out, and then you've got to plant new ones. And as you begin to plant those new ones, I would really encourage you to then say, I follow through on what I say I'm going to do, and I'm a finisher. This comes to even to spouses. Um, I'm going to combine both of my businesses here. I have, I have a skincare business that I've done, and then also I have my muscle and mindset program. And in both of them, I've coached thousands of women. And there's something interesting about spouses. So I have these gals that say, you know, I, I'm declaring these new things and I'm taking action. You know, I've, I've said I'm fit, fabulous, and fierce. I'm awesome. I'm a great mom. I'm a great wife. Um, I follow through on my word. I'm a finisher. I'm beautiful. I'm strong. I'm brave. And I'm taking action on it. At the very end of our course, you know, a lot of them will get gym memberships and they'll, they'll go to the gym. But they won't go to the gym every day. And then they're like, yeah, I'm totally going to clean up my closet. And I'm totally going to like, this is my new lifestyle. This is who I am. And they, they go to the grocery store and they use my, my six-piece system that I've given them. You know, they, I give them a whole shopping list. I give them literally every single thing I've ever purchased in my life on my grocery list. It's kind of insane. Um, but they take that list. They go out and they get all this food. And they're like so excited. They're like taking action on every single thing that they have planted in their mind. They do it for a few weeks. But then they go back to old ways. So here's what happens to the spouse. They, the wife, gets mad because they're like, oh, my husband isn't supportive. He just doesn't support me. And he's like, you know, getting all mad at me if I go to the gym or blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you know what? Are you consistent? Like, do you, do, have, you, have you made an agreement with him? Like, hey, this is my new lifestyle. This is the way that I want to eat forever. This is who I am. This is the new me. I take care of my body. I take care of this family. And this is how we live. This is the new me going forward. Have you had that conversation? Or is this just a fad for you? Because I guarantee you, 90% of the reason why the spouse is not supportive is because you're not consistent. He's tired of you not following through. Because he's seen you do diets before, he's seen you do exercise programs before, and you never follow through. So this just, in his mind, is another one of those things. It's just another one of those things that you're going to throw money at, that you're going to do for a few weeks, and then you're going to go back to old ways because you don't feel that you're worthy of it, because you never addressed it in your mind truly, and dug those new thoughts deep and consistently took action on it. You go back to old ways. You go back to old ways because you never really truly believe that you are worthy of living a true, joyful life. Because having full joy is hard. It's hard to accept that you can actually have a joyful life. So you go back to old ways. You go back to old habits. So if you want your spouse's support, come into agreement and say, this is me consistently. This is who I am. This is the new me. And this is the way I choose to live. And then show them and show yourself, prove to yourself you're a woman of your word and you follow through. Same with any other endeavors that you do. Going back to my other business. I didn't just tell my husband I'm going to match his income in two years. I daily, I daily took action on it. He saw me doing the phone calls. He saw me talking to other people. He saw me do what I needed to do every single day To build my dream. I did not just say what I wanted to do. I took action on what I was going to do. So the thought was there. Then I buried it. Then I watered it every day by my actions. And by my actions, it produced my harvest. And my harvest was, I did what I said I was going to do. Because I'm a woman of my word and I follow through. You need to be a woman of your word. And you need to follow through on what you say you're going to do. And you need to finish it. You need to finish it. And by finishing it is doing what you say you're going to do with greatness and being consistent in it. And that way your spouse can look at you and everybody else around you, including yourself and can say, this is her. This is who she is because I can tell that she's planted new thoughts because of the actions that she has taken every single day. What makes people extraordinary is just doing the ordinary every day. What makes you extraordinary is just doing a little bit every day. What made Michael Phelps extraordinary was not just one day of going to the Olympics and saying, hey, I think I'm gonna just go for this. We'll see what happens. No, just he just trained every day. He just ate healthy, ate what he needed to do every day. He just did a little bit more than the average person would do Every day. But you know, I actually know a little bit more about Michael Phelps. Do you know that there's like this crazy, amazing thing that his coach did for Michael about his mindset? Yes. There's this amazing podcast that talks about what separated Michael Phelps from the rest was his coach had a mindset piece that Michael did every day. And it's incredible. It's incredible. And a lot of the things that in that podcast that he shared, I was so excited about because it's things that I teach our gals in our muscle and mindset program is because he, the coach knew if I can program Michael Phelps mind and bury those thoughts super deep, what will be produced is an Olympian champion. And that's exactly what Michael Phelps is, but there's, there's the mindset that he had to bury deep, deep. And then he watered it every day by doing just a little bit more than his other component, than his other, you know, competitors. And he added in the mindset piece that maybe his other competitors didn't do. He had an edge. Not because he raced hours longer. He just did a little bit more that made him extra ordinary. So if you want to be extraordinary, just do the ordinary every day. I just did, you know, when I did my bikini competition, I did a bikini competition and I ended up winning my class and then I won the overall of the whole show. And I had competitors ask me, you know, what did you do? And I'm like, well, I did a mindset piece. I put it in my mind, what I wanted to achieve. And I spoke that over myself. I visualized it. And then I, I just, I meal prepped and I just, I trained every day. I was just consistent. I didn't I didn't do anything crazy. I wasn't... You know, a lot of them did more crazy stuff. You know, they were like, oh, man, did, did you do fasted cardio for three hours? I'm like, no, I hardly did any cardio. What? Yeah, no. No, I didn't hardly do any cardio. Just trained for an hour, hour and a half, five to six days a week, and I ate healthy consistently. Just every day. Really? Yeah. Oh, man, but did you have to, like go down to like five, six 600, 700 calories. No, I, I ate more in my life than I ever have. <laughs> what? Yeah. See, people are looking for the extreme. They're looking for, oh man, you must have had to do some extreme things to achieve such greatness. No, I just did the ordinary every day. Huh. You just worked out consistently. You just ate healthy consistently and then you achieved that? Yes. So it's doing the ordinary every day that gets you the extraordinary results. If you're looking for extraordinary results in your life, it's doing the ordinary every day. And here's why that equals extraordinary. Because most extraordinary people just do the ordinary every day because the ordinary person doesn't. They're not consistent. They're not consistent in doing the ordinary. They're not consistent or desire or are willing to do what it takes a little bit every day. So I'm going to leave you with this of how to get joy. Gratitude. Gratitude opens up the door for you to have a joyful life. So every morning, I write down five things that I'm thankful for, and I do it right before I go to bed as well. I actually I write down things that I'm thankful for that happened that day. And here's why this is so important, going back to the way that you think. When you wake up, I you know I had a podcast, You know, tell me what you do in the first 30 minutes of your day and I can tell you your future. It's so true. When you get up, having an attitude of gratitude is so important. And it's easy to do. We live in America. There are so many things that you, we have running water. We have a roof over our head. We had a nice bed to sleep in. We've got a bathroom that we can pee in that has a closed door. (laughs) We don't have to go outside in the gutters. We can go directly into a toilet in our bathroom. Little things. We have a refrigerator that keeps our food cold. We have a fireplace. We have a heater that keeps us warm at night. We have a car that we can drive. We don't have to walk everywhere in the dirt and in the freezing cold. We live in America where we're free. We're free to choose how we live. We're free to choose what we believe. You, the list goes on. And you know why it's so easy for me to just pull these things out for you right now as I, as I share with you? is because these are the things that I have buried. I have buried so much gratitude in my heart that it oozes out of me. Where it's very difficult for me actually to go negative, because of how much I've buried positive attributes of gratitude. Because every single day I I focus on, on on my on gratitude. You know, even my my boys. You know, they're home for the summer, right? And it's very easy for a lot of people to, you know, get all negative on their kids. And so, and I can do that too. You know, it's it's it, that on that part I could very easily go down that route. But I have chosen to actually talk about my kid's age. My husband and I, at night, we, are, we talk about the vacations that we want to take, that we look forward to taking with their, you know, at the ages that there are. We, we talk about the, the qualities of each boy that we love. What are the qualities that we see in each boy? Even the negative ones. So I'll give you an example. We have our younger one. He's very stubborn extremely stubborn. And, and sometimes he just will, will go on a hike and he'll literally just sit on the dirt road and just be like, I'm done. Um, but instead of getting negative about that, I'm like, man, that's going to be used for something awesome. Like when he, if he's a leader, it's like, no, like we have a value system. We have morals and I'm stubborn in the sense that we will not sway from our values and from our morals. We will do and lead this business with integrity. So I pray over that. You know, if he's a leader, if he is in a situation that everybody else is like, hey, you know, Gavin, you know, let's, let's go this way. I know it's shortcuts. I know it's like this, but it'll get the job done. It'll get the job done even quicker. And I pray that my son, his stubbornness kicks in and says, no, I'm a man of integrity. And I'm sorry, but this is the way we're going to do it. And I don't care if it takes longer, this is the way we're gonna do it. So I, I speak over even his stubbornness. Even the things that could be swayed to negativity. Speak life over your kids. Speak life over even yourself. I have things I don't like about myself. I I have things that I'm like, oh man, Natalie, if you could just change that. And so I speak life over the things that I don't even like about myself, that it's used for something good. That it's used for something good. So having a joyful life is going to require you to be joyful in all things by having an attitude of gratitude. So I encourage you, every single morning and every single night, start with with one thing. Work your way up to five. But I promise you, the more that you get your mind to focus on gratitude, the more that it's going to get really difficult for you to think negative. Why? Because what you bury and then what you water daily, you will produce. And if you start to bury positivity, if you start to bury in deep gratitude, thankfulness, and seeing things in a different positive way, Rather than in a negative way, I promise you, you will produce a joyful, positive, fulfilling life.